guys, welcome to this week's episode on Addit Connor. My name is Olua Toby, as always. Good evening and welcome to another weekend of Addit Corner. Thank you for joining. Thank you for joining. And um, how was last week's episode? You know, I we talked about the fear of God using the book of Esther and of course the book of Daniel, but we're majorly on the book of Esther saying to ourselves if i perish i perish am i ready for this am i um am i choosing the part of righteousness am i really walking it or just deceiving myself that was basically what we talked about last week um it was more intense i don't know how to put it but we had so much um understanding on how the fear of God works, how He works through His commandment, how it's not—it's not like the type that the children of Israel were invited to come to, you know, the mountain of the Lord, and they and they say, "Oh no, they're not, they're not, they're not going." They they, they said they're not going. That oh no, <laughs> they said they're not going. And Moses, they said, oh, it's too mighty, it's too holy, he can't take us, no. So they were afraid now. And they walked away. Moses said, okay, let me go myself. And then, um, and then, um, that's not the fear we're talking about. The fear of the Lord is the one that draws you. The fear of the Lord that we're talking about, the fear of the Lord in itself is what draws you to God. There is one that says, Oh God, God is mighty, you know. He can part the sea, he can raise up the dead. As a matter of fact, I don't think God even wants us to be afraid of him. Because the funny thing was that God knew the hearts of the children of Israel. That's to let you know that redemption has always been a thing that God has always taken seriously. It's something that he has always wanted, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he cannot build sin and all that, but it's something he has always wanted to to embrace. Now, this is the, this is the issue. Let's just quickly do a rundown. Uh, I probably won't spend so much time in the introduction. <laughs> so you see that Joseph, um, um, Abraham goes to leave his father and mother. He goes to the land of Egypt, you know, he has a good relationship, he goes back to Canaan, then there was famine, there was famine, and, you know, um, Joseph and his brothers, they sold their brother, told him to go, so Joseph went to Egypt, and then, <laughs> by virtue of the famine, the, the, the brothers moved to Egypt. Their father moved. They, they stayed in the land of Goshen. They were there until the new Pharaoh that didn't know Joseph came. And then 
so that they turned the children of Israel into slaves. Now, um, God still had his mind on the children of Israel. He had a covenant with Abraham. He already told him that children of Israel live 400 years. This is something that would happen to them. He already said it. Right? He had a covenant with them. And he already knew that he would rescue them. Now, if you look at it very well, I'm sure a lot of people are going to have uh, exceptions to what I'm saying, but children of Israel, they were not all pure. <laughs> As a matter of fact, the ones that have committed adultery had committed adultery. The ones that have denied God had denied God. The ones that are, it was not recorded in the Bible, but following their actions, even when they were saying, look, most guy, show us a proof, show us a proof that we were sent by God show us a proof that God show, do you understand so for them they, they were already the Bible says that without faith nobody can please God without faith alone you can't even please God you get do you understand so without, without faith alone your relationship is already somehow with God and then um, they just say oh, show us show us you know and even as they were going they said why can't this your God <laughs> Same God that you look at like you, okay, he wants to come and kill us in the Red Sea, Abby. He wants to come and kill us in the Red Sea. I mean, look at that kind of evil speaking against God. Yet he came and he, he parted the Red Sea for them to walk through. They were saying, Ah, he will have been only eating mana, 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 mana. You know, yet God provided them with myth. So these people soiling their hands with all kinds of things their hearts obviously they say oh in Egypt we're eating carrot in Egypt we're eating this in Egypt we're eating that in Egypt they were eating things that were not of that you know they, they said that was enjoyment to their soul their God happened to be their belly their God happened to be their but they lived in the vanity of their minds but God still loved them God still likes it. You know, redemption has always been a thing, in case you don't know. God still loved them. God still appreciated them. God still wanted them to be his people. Told Moses to call them. They said, oh, no, they don't want to go. No, they don't want to go. No. God has always been interested in man coming to him. As a matter of fact, even from the beginning, the reason why God had to send Adam and Eve out of the garden was because he didn't want them to grow into immortality with the vanity in their heart with the vain things that they've received by eating the tree of knowledge of good and evil so he had to say no no just let them go i'll be watching over them have you ever wondered why even after they had sinned god was still having a conversation with what cain killed his brother he killed his brother he killed his brother God went to meet him. Where's your brother? So, God did not accept the sacrifice of, of, of Cain, right? He didn't come from a pure heart. So that means that when we... God doesn't want us to run away from him. He wants us to come to him and come closer to him. Because when you, when you, when you come to him... Don't come to him for his things. Right? That's one thing. And then 
don't just come to him for religion for tradition for this is the way it's being done let's make sacrifice like you know it was abel's idea and king just said let's just you know was it i think it was Cain's idea and he brought fruits and everything and abel said ah no this my god deserves the magnitude of god in his heart was was huge Cain just said let's just do it for do you understand you don't come for religion you come to move close to him to him so he sees your heart that's what pleases him so that action that they both took was an action of pleasing god but why one was able to please god by by acknowledging him the other one just did a tradition a random thing so that was just an aside let's go back to my thoughts my thought is god has always been interested in redemption god has always been interested in saving man you wonder why year in year out you wonder why year in year out god was always sending prophets 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 repent from your ways repent from your ways repent from your ways don't do this don't do that see god never wanted man to come close to him if he had always been a wicked god like people have like like we we assume it's simple like that like we assume like he doesn't want to see us like he cannot behold iniquity like when he when we touch this he doesn't want to talk to us anymore like he just wants to break up with us if god has always god has never been like that that has never been his nature you know what he hates god hates the concept of sin it's not you that he hates no 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 as a matter of fact he knows that when you come close to him he can save you before we before we go so far let us pray our god and our father we thank you for this morning um we thank you oh god uh, morning night wherever anyone is listening we thank you for today thank you for your faithfulness and your love and your loving kindness thank you because as we are about to venture into your word and your promises that you grant us entrance and you help us oh god help us with our hearts help us so father forgive us oh god we know you are forgiven us and we walk in the light and the understanding of that forgiveness we thank you for the fact that you have not called us to condemn us but you have called us to bless us in jesus name Amen. So when I was younger, there was this song that I was listening to, um, and I told you my mom, you know, Amen, kind of thing. <laughs> so one of the songs that we're playing then, there is therefore now no condemnation. Let's let's just let's just um, sing that in when it plays.
she says you wonder why you know really do you do, do have you ever wondered why despite everything that happens god is still interested in man god is still you know the angels have to ask ah, who is man that you're so why are you so interested in this man this guy waiting you know god 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 is so interested in man that he's so interested of giving giving him eternal life so interested in giving man everlasting so interested in giving him a pure life that's how much god is interested in man he's so interested in man that he's ready to pour himself god <laughs> bible says the world became flesh and the world like god had to come to become flesh to dwell among men just for redemption I mean, so when we talk about when we talked about fear now, one thing that fear of the Lord does not make you run away from him or make you feel like he hates you. The fear of the Lord actually draws you to him. He draws you to him. He makes you want to do things. He makes you want to do things for God, really. So the, the fear the fear is not that oh something bad will happen to me if I don't obey the commandment. No, no, no. The fear is just that I, I can't see myself doing anything other than obeying the commandment. You know, when we do the things that we are not, when we do things that, um, the Bible in the book of Galatians was talking about how Paul was, was saying that the things I don't want to do, I find myself doing them. The things I don't, the things, you know, I find myself doing all those things I don't want to do, right? He said that. But, the truth really is, when you find yourself doing, it's it's the magnitude of God's fear that comes with knowledge of God. Do you understand why? Let me say that again. When you don't have enough knowledge and understanding of who God is, do you understand? You would you would easily find yourself doing the things that you're not supposed to be doing. Now. Um, let me use this let me use this as an instance you have a spouse yeah or let's just say a boyfriend let's use the boyfriend and a girlfriend scenario now you have a boyfriend that you love that you care about you love him or you have a girl that you love and you care about you love her and then somebody else comes into your life and then you're like no I can't I can't get involved with you now what made you love your girlfriend that's one question I should ask what made you fall in love with your girlfriend a personality you know what you got to know about her you know the way she talks the way she laughs the way she does her things right the the kind of wisdom that she has as an individual the way she chases her dreams, right? Maybe one of those things. The way she chases her dreams, the way she, the way she takes care of herself. Those are the things you got to know about her. So by virtue of that, you got to love her, right? The knowledge of knowing about the particular individual gave your heart affection towards that person. So when somebody else comes and does not look like that knowledge, Especially when you yourself, you are aware of the things that you want as an individual. And you have made up your mind that these are the things that you want. And then when you see those things, you recognize those things, you want those things to be part of you. 
you fall in love with those things. And when somebody else comes and does not look like that particular thing, you're like, ah, no, sorry, I don't want to be, you know, engaged with you. I don't want you to be my boyfriend. I don't want you. So you are loyal. You are subconsciously you are just finding yourself that you are loyal not because you just love the person the reasons for which why you have loved the person has generated into love and affection in your heart that you will tell yourself i, I can't even find myself no really how can you do that too because you love the person so much especially if you know the person is loves you as well you would want you wouldn't want to hurt the person you wouldn't want to hurt the person like i oh, know i can't do that to her it to it to destabilize life for virtual things that you know it's the same way really because when we don't come into complete knowledge of who god is and we only know him on the surface and we only know him very tinyly the knowledge of god actually builds fear and that fear is love actually that fear is 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 a kind of ah is my god that's what it does to us that's what it does to us so when we don't have enough of it say ah, how many enough of god's word do i want to know i read my bible every day i pray every day how many of god's like, there are a lot of things that we don't know there are a lot of things that we don't know there i would say that we know in parts we prophesy in parts there are a lot of things that we don't know there are a lot of things that we are yet to know concerning God. But that's why many of us are, are with, it's easy for us to condemn ourselves because we don't understand that God is not even interested in the death of a sinner. No, he's not. When the Bible says God is not interested in the death of a sinner, I don't think we understand what that means. It means that it don't it it says the death of a sinner. So he knows that today you are a sinner. Tomorrow you 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 would not be a sinner. Tomorrow you might not be a sinner. So he's not interested in that person's death. No, he's just interested in the life of the person is interested in the life of the person as a person to live and the life of the person as a person to change so the, he's not interested he's not interested in in it no god is god has always been in the business of redemption from day one it's not new testament that god started redemption it's not new testament that he says that by grace and all that oh it's not new testament God has always been in that business of I want all men to be saved. That he has always been in that business. So when you have mindsets like it's not going to take me back because I did something bad. No, no, he's going to take you back. In fact, he's interested in you. It do you know what 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 the devil does to us? Why he makes us feel like God will not take us back is because he knows that when you sin, right, and you have a subconsciousness that you sin, it will make you want to run away from God. Yeah. It would it would make you want to run away. It would make you want to run away from God. Because you're guilty. He puts guilt in you. It puts shame in you. You, know, you see the Bible in the book of Romans 8. And it says that no sin, no shame, no power, no death, no height can separate you from the love of God. Yes, that is true. 
He can't separate you. The, that, you see, it's a fact. He cannot separate you from the love of God. He cannot. So, the devil intentionally puts shame and guilt in your heart so that you shy away from going to God. So when you shy away from going to him, you you begin to you know when you, when you, you see you see what happened with the, with the, with Adam. He was ashamed actually. And he said it that he was ashamed. You know, um, after he, he did what he was not supposed to do. He went to hide. That's what sin does. Sin makes you hide from God. You know, when the Bible says in the book of um, Isaiah 59, I was saying that your iniquities have separated you from you and your God. See, your iniquities have separated you from you and your God in that scripture. is saying that the sin that you have, it is the, it is the action, it is the shame and the guilt that it placed in you that has separated you from. Because God is not interested in being separated. You see the preceding verse, the preceding verse was saying that, the eyes of the Lord are not deafening that he does not hear you. The eyes of the Lord and the eyes of the Lord is not blind that he cannot see you. He can see us, he can hear you. But your iniquity has separated you from you and your God so that he will not hear. Now, your iniquity has put faithlessness in you to say, He cannot hear me. So I'll rather not speak. Rather, even if I speak, I know he cannot hear me. So you assume that he cannot hear you. So you leave it like that. Why they can actually... But Bible says that without faith, nobody can please God. So of course, when you think he cannot hear you, he will just be looking at you and say, okay, I, will, I want you to know that I'm hearing you. So I want you to come from your heart so you can understand the affection I have for you. So I'd rather not push. Let me just leave you alone. But one thing we must understand is this. Whenever we, we saw ourselves with iniquity, God is available. God is available. God is a Bible says that yeah, God is holy. Be holy as God is holy. Yes. That is that thing that we talked about. That he wants you to come to him and come closer to him. Come to him, right? Come to him. Leave everything alone. Leave iniquity alone, right? And come closer to him. Is you now coming to know him and understand him and walk with him and love him? Do you understand? Those things are statues, right? Actually, you know, those things are because knowing him will make you understand him, will make you love him. It's hard, really, because are you sure? Are you sure he really loves me after I've done all these horrible things? He does. It's just like when you cheat on your spouse. Many many of us find it very we think God is human. That's the thing. When you cheat on your girlfriend or your boyfriend or your spouse, you feel like they hate you already. They hate you, so they don't want to be with you. You wonder why some people are, they will still tell their spouse. The, the only thing they are waiting for, right, is for their spouse to come back home. After time, especially for people that really do love their spouse. When they cheat, when they have been cheated on, they just want their spouse to come back home. They don't want them to run away from the house because they are afraid because it's only continuing to create distance with them it's only continuing to create more distance with them and that distance would would not help anything it will reduce the love they just it will reduce fear that will be in their heart it will it will reduce acknowledgement that i am yours you are mine it will reduce it so they just want them to come back home they don't want them to wallow in guilt and shame. 
they want them to most times. But when people cheat, they be like, ah, she doesn't want me anymore. She doesn't care about me anymore. So let me walk away. And it's usually not true. Their first reaction is like, wow. You did all of this. Wow. So they want to just leave that scene. They want to leave that scene and not be part of it. Doesn't mean that they don't love the person. But most of the time, people walk away. They, they, they don't want to talk about it. They are afraid. Instead of understanding that this person loves them and they, 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 they would forgive them, they begin to walk in a manner of guilt and there's a way guilt and shame orchestrates your life it makes you live less freely trust less love less always suspicious always angry always bitter there's a way it just orchestrates your life to a point where you become completely damaged that's what it does it makes you depressed anxiety comes in for you knowing is she talking to me like that because i did this take offense you know continue to you will read see Guilt and shame makes you reduce in love. Guilt and shame makes us reduce in love. Because you would continue to think. Imagine somebody doing something that they didn't want to do, right? They, they did it. And they have so much guilt, so much shame. They are angry at themselves. I could have done this. Oh my God. I could have done this. I could have allowed myself to do this. So they didn't go to God. They did not have any relationship because they did not even allow God to even, you know, nothing, nothing. The spirit of God is in your spirit has been quickened. You didn't even allow the spirit of God to even say, oh yeah, calm down, let's pray. No, you did not allow anything to happen. Nothing. You, you completely feel like that thing that you have done has deadened your spirit immediately. So what you now do eventually, you sort of go back to God. You run away from him. And then, before you know it, you don't want to talk about it anymore. Before you know it, does God even love me? Before you know it, it's because of, uh, when you now fail your exam, maybe you fail your exam or you lose your job. You say, well, it's because, it's because of that sin. You know, that's why I lost my job. God doesn't love me. So many assumptions that are not true. And it is the devil that would have done that because he would have made you do something at work that would displease your boss and you walk below expectation and they would say, it's time to let you go. So we need to think differently when it comes to the issue of does God wants my redemption? Is it? Because it is not a matter of condemnation. God is interested in your redemption. says that our verdict is not guilty and what we say to ourselves is that imagine you being discharged and acquitted <laughs> i mean you go to you 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 commit you you kill someone right everybody saw you your hands blood your clothes in fact you were with autopsy right 
showed that this person was was cut into pieces. The CCTV that was there saw you cutting the person into pieces. Ah! People, like five witnesses were there. They were shouting, Are you mad? Are you crazy? What's wrong with you? Oh, are you crazy? Oh, are you okay? Some people were there. Five people. It was the day of judgment. Five people came. I saw him. He did it. I saw him. He did it. 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 Okay. They brought the camera. Let's watch the video of how he was smashing the individual. They watched the video. Autopsy came. Baga. Fingerprints came. Baga. Everything. It has your name on it. And the judge comes. <laughs> tells you you are free to go you are not guilty uh-uh. everybody's like uh-uh. i don't understand wait didn't you watch the video i thought you were were you not the one that even requested for the video you that you are already been killing yourself in guilt in shame i shouldn't have killed her she slapped me. She hurt me. I was so hungry. I had to kill her. You've been wallowing in so much shame and guilt and anger against yourself since the last one week that you slaughtered the individual. You are there, feeling bad. And then the judge tells you, be going home. You are discharged and acquitted. And you're still saying, you don't understand. You don't get it. I don't think you get it. I killed her. Look at me. I deserve to die. I deserve to die. You're shouting, I deserve to die. The judge is telling you, no. I said, go home. Am I not the judge? Are you the judge? Okay. Ah. That is the icon. That was the Supreme Court. There was, there's no place that you're appealing to. That was the Supreme Court. And everybody's like, is this judge... Is she judge? And you, you are still shouting. I know I did it. After you've been discharged and acquitted, you are walking on the road free. Nobody bounded you. Oh no, sorry. You are not. You are not bound by anybody. And you still have that much huge guilt in your heart. A murderer. I'm a murderer. Judge said you are not a murderer. You, you are saying I'm a murderer. I'm a murderer. Judge said you are not a murderer. You are saying I'm a murderer. I'm a murderer. Okay. In that, that action, that guilt begins to affect your work. It begins to affect your relationship with people. It begins to affect the way you talk. It begins to affect the way you see yourself. You become timid. You become sad. You become unhappy. Judge said you are not guilty. But that feeling of guilt and shame makes you feel like you are the worst person on the planet. And the judge says you are discharged and acquitted. Don't you think there's a problem with you? 
that's what we do, right? That's actually what we do. That's what we do. That's what we do. That's what we all do. That's what we all do. The judge, see, 2,000 years ago, the judge has already put a permanent verdict. This is the verdict. Just put it there. But because of guilt and shame, we don't always go back. The Bible says that you should look and you will be saved. We don't want to look. We are like, no. Imagine, imagine a cross, a, a cross that has been stationed to look like this. Like a cross has been stationed to look straight forward, whether you look at it or not. And then it's looking at you to say, just look at me back and you'll be saved. And you're like, no, I don't you can't no you can't be old me you you don't know what i've done you can't you can't see you don't know what i've done okay okay you don't know what I, but the thing is looking at you just look at me first just just look at me at least look at me no you don't know what i've done you don't get it i don't think you understand i, I said look at at least look at me first that's what we do that's what we do that's what the devil makes us do with guilt and shame that's what we do. We basically don't want to look because we are afraid that we we are we Bible says if your sin is as red as scarlet, it will make it as white as snow. So this is a call to action. This is a call to action. Guilt and shame would kill you. That's very simple. But going back to God, the moment you saw your hand with what you're not supposed to saw your hand with sin would save you. Simple as anything. So it's for you to decide if you want to be saved or you want to die. Thank you for joining this week's episode. We give God thanks for helping us to, 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 to gather into his word and to know better, to know better. Father, we thank you because redemption has always been your business and we love your business. We love your business and we are part of your business. Thank you because you are interested in our lives and you want us to be better than we are, than we've ever been. We are not making excuses for all the things that we have done or all the things that we have done. No, we are accepting that your love can save us and that is what we are doing. We will not take this love for granted. God forbid, we would walk in this love and allow it to save us. In Jesus' name, amen. Worship, whose glory taught the stars to shine, perhaps creation longs to have.